0: Let everyone know they're being recorded. Justin, you're being recorded for this podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hands up, don't you? Yeah, don't shoot. Uh, don't uh. you? Um, so, yes, here we are again. This is now number two already, dude. It's crazy, man. We're already on the second one. I almost said the old podcast uh, title. It's uh, Iris of My Eye, but we're doing it. We're interviewing another beautiful soul over here, so it's going to be Iris of Our Eye. Um, And his name is Justin Eckert. Uh, A little bit about him that I'm going to say, and then I'm going to allow him to introduce himself. He is, I met him through an ayahuasca circle. Hopefully the the FBI isn't listening or anything crazy like that. But (laughs) (laughs) the um, first ceremony was one of the first ceremonies that I was just helping facilitate for that circle. And then very many moons later, uh, he ended up helping me record my first album. So I'm very grateful to have that experience and have met him. And without further ado, Justin, lay it down for the people. Who are you? What are you doing? Why are you Can here? What's going on?
1: Uh, I am Justin Eckerd. Um, in my space that I work in, I go by Black Market. That is the music industry. That's my producer name. That's what I, that's what I built my business on, basically. I... Uh, I am, uh, am and do a lot of things Good. mostly what I do for work is music and music production audio engineering editing podcasts working on commercials TV commercials that kind of stuff and then a couple of, well yeah it's almost it's almost been two years now it's uh maybe like a year and a half I graduated from the antheop god training um, through our, through our mutual ayahuasca circle, um, learning how to guide and facilitate um, all types of medicine ceremonies. So I do that as well. And I just, I'm just learning to be, learning to, to, I just am. Just a a person. Just a person. Just just another human trying to, trying to um, live this, soak everything up from this human experience and be a light well you know there's a
0: that's a beautiful thing man That's a beautiful thing i think that's one of the reasons why we resonate so deeply and are, are such good friends um even though obviously we live on opposite sides of the country but that's beside the point yeah i feel obligated to impart this wisdom because i just i made made up this word yesterday because i had this like very beautiful, synchronistic experience as I was like navigating, creating part part of the uh, podcast thing of like the cover art and the thumbnail because I was looking yeah. to, for this information that I sort of found and I need Taj's help to be able to make the artwork change that I want to make. But the yeah. thing I'm trying to get to is mm-hmm. in, in that thing, I created this word because I came, something came into me, of the, the concept of, um, why we chose to incarnate as people at this time, in this place, in the space, and the thing that we're doing here on Earth. And uh, I decided to go with <laughs> the word pinite. I cre- created it. It mm. didn't exist before, but now it does, which is cool. And it me- it's That's that essentially, yeah, I, I hope so. I hope somebody gets some value oh, yeah. out of it. Um, mm. It's the idea that like, through that concept of like, you chose to be here. I- there's like four reasons that I like found when I was looking at, at it, and one of them was like learning, learning vacation, and then contribution and support. And uh, when I heard you say that, it's kind of brought that to me. Of like you sounded very much like you're like a learning lifetime and a contributing lifetime, sort of. If I could yeah. say that, so, yeah. say that, yeah. So that's fucking dope, bro. Definitely, definitely same. I hope I can get on that vacation wavelength at some point, but. <laughs> Just right now, just learning and contributing is what I'm here to do. So, so on to the actual thing that we're doing here. Let's go with the first question that I think is very important as artists. What is art to you?
1: Oh, man.
0: Yeah, dude.
1: I wish I could one word it without sounding cliche. I mean, it, I feel like it's the deep, it's the deepest level it's the deepest form of expression that even if somebody takes it and and performs or creates art sarcastically that is still an expression of how they view the world so you can really see you know how you can almost see a reflection of yourself in every art created by other people and then of course when you create your own art it's almost like a um It's like falling into the deepest present, presentness in that moment that you can. See, I've never seen anybody creating art that isn't present with their art. It's almost like a view into what they could be at all times as humans. And then, of course, you know, that's all opinion based. So that's a reflection of me. And I know when I create art, I'm super present. And then with everything else, like, you know, maybe with communication with friends or with my wife or something like that, I'm not as present as I am when I create art. So becoming aware that there's so much meaning that you can find in creating and seeing others create, understanding how we operate, how we move, how we express ourselves, and then also, Art is awareness. So if I could, if I could one word it, you know, two, I'll say two words, but of course, one word explains both expression and awareness.
0: Yeah, bro, that was beautiful. Yeah. So um, I guess I will just add or compile or build upon that foundation that you just laid sure. out. Yeah. Just simple. I'm trying to keep it short. I don't want to go too crazy, but how how you were saying that the you when you create art there is as long as you're not getting distracted by your phone or life that like it is right. completely and utterly all of your conscious attention and energy is like this is what I'm doing Your how how you do how you go about it is obviously totally your style choice but and what your medium you're doing is also the style choice but Yeah, it's absolutely totally engrossing. You're completely present in that moment. And then I like to think of myself more and more now these days as an artist and, like, a poet warrior philosopher thing. But when I'm – especially when you said communication, that kind of, like, resonated with me of how, like, I try to, like, be very particular with the words I use and, like, the phrasing and, like, when I'm talking to people, making it sound as, like, concise and poetic and intelligent as I can Mm -hmm. so that, like, people – (laughs) as but also – making it understandable because you can use as many big five dollar ten dollar hundred dollar words as you want <laughs> but if you're talking to a full room full of like first graders they're gonna look at you like dog what the heck are we talking about man like i don't know what any of those words are Can you like can you use a picture to describe it because that's worth like a thousand words but it's simple it's gotta be gotta relate to your audience the best you can make yourself to, uh, do you have clear understandable communication also
1: also if I can add to that one more thing is something I was mm-hmm. thinking about is go for it if you don't know how to if you don't know where to begin or how to manifest sit down and create art that is the most powerful form of manifestation to me and the easiest way to understand it Dude, that's,
0: <laughs> thank you for that, because I'm, was meditating earlier, as I try to do, if I'm, if I'm not needing extra sleep, and even if I need extra sleep, and there's time, I'll get up and then meditate afterwards, because I get up at, like, 5 a.m., like a ridiculous human being, and that there's been, especially in the, the last podcast, the end of it, it was, like, <laughs> Marquis was saying, like, hey, man, like, yeah, make that in- intuition, like, learning how to connect with your inner knowing intuition course, and, like, Shit, that's a great idea. And then like two different levels of it, like a free, like three-week one came into my brain, and then a 90-day, like, hey, you gotta pay me for this one because it's even more awesome than the other one. But how you're saying of making art as like the most simple yet profound way of understanding and conceptualizing and learning what manifestation truly is, that I'm just like, yo, that's that's some wisdom right there. I gotta put that in, (laughs) in the course for sure. Both of them. But definitely, just <laughs> yeah. starting with the, the three-week one is like sit down and make art, dog. Like whatever you did. I'm not even gonna tell you what you have to do. Just pick something and start. Like <laughs> anything, anything. Literally anything. It's better than nothing. I saw a infographic kind of thing where it was like a, a staircase. If I could put a staircase over here above myself doing it, uh, that was like a person was on the first uh, step and they hadn't started walking on the staircase. And then it was the, that was the first part. And the second part, of the next. The same exact picture, same thing. It was like, but under it was like right now, and then a year later, and I was like, no progress has been made in your life because you just you haven't started. So you have to start. Yeah. So, start now, do something it's better than doing nothing. But sometimes doing nothing is the right thing because you want to need to relax. If you do, if you <laughs> grind too hard, you're gonna fall apart way faster. Right. Right. Whew. All right. So, the next one here is. That I want to ask you. So why are you an artist?
1: There, are, uh, there was a pause there, and I thought you were just gonna end it with "Why are you?" <laughs> <laughs> that's, dude, it's a good having, question. <laughs> why are that's, you? That's yeah. Why I mean,
0: we could do that one next, but I, I just realized my cadence. Like when I speak, dude, I take really long pauses where I'm like, <laughs> everything's super deep," and I'm like,
1: "What the fuck?" It just I don't what is who am i really like, what right. the fuck what is my open this way i don't know <laughs> so you said why am i an artist right yes okay i th- i feel deeply you know uh empathic i don't think really describes that uh very well there's a uh, it's almost like a a language when i create it's almost like i'm some people call it like a high or something like that. I don't I don't ever want to chase a high. I think it's a um, a connection with divine to be honest. Uh, there's just something that ignites inside in it and it's um, <laughs> I've learned to be patient with it, which has helped me to love it even more and love it you know unconditionally, which means even if I don't feel creative, I know that it's still there and i know i just need to experience more of it or experience more of of humanity to to get there it's a it's a relationship being an artist is a relationship with yourself with the divine understanding you know becoming the most aware of yourself that you can to create to express yourself in that in that deepest form and also it is a how can i put this gosh there's so many. There's so many things uh, around that question that are just. I mean, I could probably go on forever about it. To be honest, <laughs> I mean, I'm an I'm an artist because, yeah, because I I feel everything all the time, all at once, all around me, and I have to channel it and funnel it into something. And it's it's an amazing feeling when that channel isn't blocked. It's just clear, and sure. I think. I chase that yeah
0: would you describe that channel the connection with the divine as 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 the muse as your muse or do you feel it's a would you would you describe it in that term in that terminology or like what do you what how do you feel like you can cultivate or what have you found to be a an effective way or
1: fun way to build and establish a deeper relationship with your muse being being present in every moment outside of creating art for me, art is created through my experiences. My art is created through my experiences. I think it's safe to say for most artists, it is. You know, it's their it's their human experience that they're expressing pretty, pretty much. But I have to go out and live life, and almost <laughs> I, I kind of found out that sometimes I have to complicate things on purpose, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that uh, so that I can understand it. Uh, or experience both the positives and the negatives and then have a place to create, you know, from, but being present, I mean going out and buying groceries, you know what I mean? You might stop and you might, you might breeze through the grocery store and get what you need. And you're not, you know, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just put my headphones in. I'm going to go straight to the peanut butter and then I'm out. Right, mm-hmm. but other times when you're when you're present, you there's so much more opportunity to be inspired by things. Uh, I think my muse is is the world. You know, I don't have like a specific thing that I kind of go to to get that inspiration from or or have like a a you know a siren muse that you know gives me, you know, fills me with creative. Uh, juices I think it's just everyday life and then visualizing you know I, I feel like a lot of it a lot of it in the past was judgment almost looking at somebody and then like building an entire life around what they look like like you see an old man in the store like when I was selling cars we used to have people come in all the time like farmers come in all the time and overalls covered in dirt all kinds of stuff right Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, yeah, this guy's here just to, to buy a beat-up truck. Right? right? And then he hands you a check for $70,000. He's like, I don't want that big dually over there. And you're like, where did you get this money from? You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, <laughs> what? Yeah, so, you know, not, not judgment in a bad way, but almost like in an artistic way. Like, I feel sometimes you can look at somebody and just feel where they are and feel where they're at and without a without a you know you can empathize with it without like a like an objective view if you if, if you can look at it objectively and kind of maybe build some stuff around that and then also just personal experiences that's where i kind of gain my inspiration from a lot of the times it's other artists other things that i see sometimes i write songs when i i like watch a movie and i'll mm-hmm. build a whole other concept based off the emotions in that movie so just life being present in every moment with with everything that you do, and being intentional with how you operate, can bring so much inspiration. Fantastic, man.
0: Um, I, there was two things, but then right at the end, there was one thing that I had, which now, yeah, now that I remember, good. I'm glad I remember it, dude. It's, the mind is so frustrating sometimes. When like you, you have a thought, and you're like, "This is great," and then as you're it, explaining the thought, it just disappears. It just and you're just like, disappears. you are like, bro, I needed that, and I look like an idiot. Yeah.
1: Like, that's why I stopped smoking so much weed.
0: Same, dude. I'm like three weeks, <laughs> three weeks sober now. I'm gonna be like a month sober in another week. It's I was,
1: dope. I was like a month sober until two days ago, and I, I, uh, bought a little, bought a little sack. Uh, Smoke that shit. But it's, been, I mean, it's been, it's still been good. Like I'm, just, it's still in moderation. I was like an everyday smoker, so.
0: No, yeah, yeah. But, it's uh, there's, there's levels to this shit, right? You know, you could be fucking getting high every day and totally putting living in, in the the smoke cloud of marijuana and you're losing vocabulary words you're like i know these words where did they go
1: oh. you're just completely taken out of out of life at that point i feel like yeah
0: yeah, yeah. it's a fucking it's a great uh, um there's a word for it but i can't remember maybe if i didn't smoke so much weed I'd remember, maybe i'll remember it but the thing that i was gonna say was um is related to what you had said um, in regards to judgments casting. I like to say casting judgment stones because it's like then you like it's like ripples out into like the pond or because water and emotion and thought and or creativity and air; those elements are very interwoven together. Like yeah. ho- oxygen is literally like what keeps us alive, and like yeah. you can put on hydrogen and then you get water. Like they're literally like one element off from of one another. <laughs> it could be ridiculous. Um, casting judgment stones. The quote, I think it's Muhammad Ali, is like treat the uh the janitor or the server as with as much dignity or respect as you would like a CEO. And I just imagine this is it's, I just kind of like tried to wire my brain. It's like this is the default way of just like treat everyone as if they're a fucking billionaire. And like they're you're sitting across somebody who could completely and utterly change your life. Like there's there's definitely like contextually that isn't going to make sense all the time because you you know that like the person across the counter from you that you're trying to like ask them for help or like want to work with them as another artist to artist kind of thing but they're giving you this like dude you missed the timing and you're not you didn't like do the you didn't jump through my hoops the right way so like I'm I, right. I can't take the five minutes to have a human to human conversation with you because I'm at work you just gotta like let them have their style choice and realize that if that's their energy, they're coming with you. That at with you, then you're not gonna wanna work with them in the future. And the, like that's just how we make decisions as a, when based on energy and emotions and feelings of my right. style choice, and his style choice in that moment. Right. Try to describe that as like generally as I could without like name dropping or like giving too many specific details because that was just an irk that I had yesterday. That I was like, man, dude, like yeah. if this guy gonna be like, I'm good, bro. I don't need you. I don't need your tutelage. I'm just gonna go about learning how to make jewelry on my own thanks but yeah (laughs) um the other thing that you said was like right at the end but now that i've got so deep into that probably not gonna remember and i'll look back in the future and be like oh dude that's what you should have said Well, but oh well (sighs) it was related to inspiration i'm pretty sure well you know these 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 ones look pretty good to me especially because i uh I I I, gener- I generally aspire to greatness but do you aspire to greatness and then also what does it mean to aspire to aspire to higher art or like greatness in your art is there like do you think I guess I would almost frame it as like do you think there's just a way to make great art and then not aspire for any type of like um status money wealth fame power any of that stuff and then I'll, the opposite is the opposite also of that like flip side of the coin like do you think that's like a thing to be I mean, obviously it's not going to fulfill you or we, a people everyone says it's not going to fulfill you but like maybe that's your life's path is to do that but meh. the floor is open good aspire for great
1: yeah i think there is a um <clears throat> i definitely i definitely aspire for aspire to my understanding of greatness is being the best version of myself that I can be. And and the expression of art and the, you know, the beanie, the hoodies, the that kind of stuff like that, that is not, that is not me. Becoming the most aware that I can of myself and my being is like my idea of greatness and but well i won't say but and when you're in this in the space that i'm in as far as the music industry goes in producing um producing engineering music uh especially in the genres that i do there's kind of no way to get out of notoriety Mm -hmm. so people are going to know you and people are going to know what you do and they're going to there's going to be a fame to it right now i don't i don't aspire to get there and i don't uh, i used to i used to want i used to want to be known and used to want to be famous and all this stuff but you know over, learning over time that you, that starts to that stuff almost starts to cloud the art mm. so you get you you get into a place where you're like you're creating the art and you're like man well, nobody's liking it well, it doesn't matter and, That doesn't matter. And the the more that I create art and don't worry about whether people are going to receive it or not, Mm -hmm. it's more it's more well received. Uh, And I I think that's because people uh, can fully see, you know, intention. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and that's that's another that's another huge word. My intention is not to be famous. My intention is not to be well known. My intention is not to be rich. Um, do those things come with the space I work in? Definitely. Do those things sometimes cloud even still? Definitely. But my number one priority is definitely to be the most aware of myself and how I can, and then expressing that through how however I want to express that without running it through a filter or you know the limiting belief filter mm. <laughs> of will people like this? Is it good enough? things like that so that's what I that's what I aspire to and whatever comes with that comes with it mm-hmm. um, but I don't expect it to so you just so uh, to express as authentically
0: as you possibly can is what I'm hearing cool cool cool, cool. I uh, I definitely aspire to be a wealthy I'm not 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 gonna not gonna say that I'm not that would just be <laughs> that would just be a lie I because I, I've had these experiences where I've heard at least two people that I can think of off the top of my head right now who are like eat the rich. And it's just for me, it's just like, dude, you just sound like such a jealous prick right now. Like if you had that, if you had that, the way that like billionaire status, yeah, that's kind of fucking over the top. Like you've you've crushed it for like forever, dude. Like <laughs> right. literally like your yeah. your your ancestors would have to like really squander that abundance for you to like right. lose your your lineage to lose it. Yeah, like what did it just like. If you had it, you would you would be like, yeah, this is fucking dope. Like, why would I? Why would you not want that? It's like uh, I like to ask people this to like kind of get a sense of where they are and their like life spiral or, or surrounded. Like the the money energy is like, would you rather have not enough money or too much money? And like, no one that I have ever met is like I would like not enough money, please. So obviously, that's the better problem to have. Yeah. But then the follow up question is like, would you rather have like enough money to like live, or would you like? I don't actually. I can't remember exactly how I phrase it now. I'm I'm thinking, and I'm saying like too much, so I'm trying to not do that because my dad is rolling in his grave. He he heard me doing this. Is uh would uh something about happiness is like if you had enough money to cover everything, and you there was no actual survival level or um, instinctual stress around lack or scarcity like how much money do you think you actually need to be happy or like something like that Or how much money do you think you need to buy happiness um right. or what's more important having having even more money than you need or happiness
1: yeah but that's a for me is it is is uh do i want money or do i want freedom mm. and there is a certain security and comfort that money provides. Uh, there's a certain freedom that money provides. But for me, I like to think that money only mattered when I worked a job that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. like it only it only mattered that much when I worked that what job I didn't like. Now that I now that I do everything that I want and get paid to do that, it's mm-hmm. almost like I've broken out of that system, and I have the freedom to make money doing what I love. So I, I have a different job, but at the right. same time, it's not necessarily a job. Well, so, so oh no, there, go, there ahead, go ahead. I
0: was you just know. gonna say. So it feels like um, I don't know. I have any background in or have ever read a uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So like, i was just gonna go over like the the pun, the pundit square thing of like owning it being a employee owning a business but like owning the this the smaller one where you're not like a hundred hundred plus people working under your business you 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 technically like own a job is the way he describes it but it's like if you feel the way you feel about it you feel free and are passionate about it like in my mind the way he just made it sound was that it was like kind of still icky and you're like scrounging or in scarcity almost uh survival yeah yeah he, he wants people to like level level all the way up to where he's at and get to like being a big business owner where you got over a hundred or hundred or 500 people or whatever the number was. And then being like getting to the investor status where you have so much money that you're just like, yeah, I'll give this random person a million dollars and then make $10 million off of it. And then just be like, yeah, well, now I got 10 <laughs> times what I had. Wow, that's crazy. I'd like to think yeah. one day I could get, get to that level, but how you're saying that money certain types of money the, if the way that you go about earning your money could come with less freedom than it, it would it would seem that it actually gives you um because i think about the, the concept of like the golden handcuffs that like if you sign the contract with hollywood and they own your likeness and image like and you go against the cultural narrative like you're out and you might yeah. have that money but like you're never going to work in show business again like
1: yeah so well what did uh uh, Robert Kiyosaki, right, is the guy who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I, I believe so. He said, um, that I mean, that the, the whole the whole thing through his book was make your money work for you, not you work for your money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, <clears throat> that's where I was going with that. You know, I kind of let... I kind of make my money work for me at this point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a beautiful thing, you know, to be... I would rather be stressed out about money in the place that i'm at now than be stressed out about money and have a secure job so i'm like it would suck because you're like i have this comfortable thing in this ritual comfortable thing in place and i'm still not making enough money i'm just a slave to this thing mm-hmm. you know and now even if i don't make enough money i'm still i'm not a slave to anything so at least i can open my mind up to other opportunities
0: absolutely do that's that's beautiful um i'm just curious how how much travel do you like to do how much traveling do you like to do i guess essentially because my in my mind i want to be like touring and going out around the world as much as i possibly can for a, for a phase a season seasons seasonally however yeah. many years it's going to be yeah. but i'm just curious because like i feel like i'm going to need however much i'm going to need to be able to afford to do that but if you're not traveling as much it makes sense that you would feel like you don't need that much money
1: yeah i mean if you if you like live out of a if you you know live out of a van or something like that
0: that is, out of the tour
1: bus baby yeah that's super easy like i've known bands to grab a like a sprinter bus you know they all pitch in and they buy a sprinter sprinter van and they they live in that thing for like forever you know until <laughs> they're done until they're done touring but i, I want to travel i want to travel quite a bit i have traveled quite a bit for mm-hmm. for my career sure. i want to travel more i don't have a i guess i don't have a strong opinion about like staying or moving or anything like that it's um in this in this job you have to network so mm-hmm. or in this space you have to network so it's it's very important to continue to travel around and i love it i mean I'll be going down to Alabama, the 25th and 26th, or the, yeah, 25th and 26th to play stand-in bass for a band that I've been recording. That's I, I was just down in Nashville um, this past weekend. Let's see. I haven't done too much traveling this past year because because we moved. I think I flew out to somewhere, but I can't remember. I've been down to Atlanta. I went down to Atlanta this past year to collab with a producer down there cool um so traveling traveling is important i love to travel um if i could travel all the time you know if i could be out just like every day doing something hopping city to city i definitely would
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's that's the
0: i'm getting trying to get there right now the, the plan is to figure out a tour bus situation and then i'm attempting at least in the beginning is to like not have to like Throw too much money into it after getting it, so I don't have to yeah. like uh, insulate it and all that crap, yeah. uh, and just like get a platform and a mattress and the bed set right. up in the back, and then like yeah. just live where the, the weather is really nice for half yeah. half of the year, and then come back to California for the other half yeah. of the year. At least take showers. And like,
1: at, take showers at the beach. The beach shower Yeah, right to the <laughs> gym
0: wherever I gotta go to fucking yeah. find a shower. The uh, the laundromats or like meet some random chick that's like, yeah, you could use my washer and dryer when I'm done. Having my way with her or whatever. <laughs> I knew that was coming. At some yeah, come on. <laughs> I'm a, a red blooded American man. <laughs> I might only be half gay, but I want to have fun with the ladies. Um, be honest, I could be honest with you. I, I've healed enough to not have any more shame in my game.
1: Yeah, of
0: course. So, in the in the similar or different vein of traveling and because I think it's fair to say traveling and seeing different life experiences is a very powerful inspiration. Am I correct? Yeah. Incorrect. You think? Oh, okay. I'm glad we could agree. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so in that, uh, I don't know, I feel like I'm hopping from like, you know, like the flower of life, put the little yeah. right, right above me. Oh, okay. um, yeah. I feel like I'm hopping like in bet- like this transitioning between like one little circle to the next circle and that thing in the middle of the two circles. I love this. Cause it's like, uh, great symbol and I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying anymore but great symbol thing yeah. of, like transition the vesica vesica Pisces has been a very profound thing in my life uh, It's like relationships and aur- auric fields work in the exact same thing it's like it mirrors everything everywhere yeah. all the time. so and hopping from circle to circle here Should get to the point mm-hmm. um, what do you feel like it's been your most profound, important, um, inspiration influences on your art. but then also I kind of want to like try to go backwards wherever we are in our fucking timelines of life right now to go backwards. to when you feel like you first started to realize, or like, I want to, it's like the, if you're going to be like, right from the perspective of like a writer or an author, it's like the inciting incident that like causes the hero to go on the hero's journey. But then, um, like me personally before I like really started to take on that archetypal thing of yeah. being an author uh, w- or a writer would be like how do you feel like you like ind- individualized or individuated away from like your parents and like society telling you like this is the this is the story you have to live by so, so take that and then go with it as it evolved over time and in your influences please if you could if you if you could
1: yeah yeah definitely I think uh, initially music was an escape. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things in my childhood that contributed to me wanting to isolate and then also creating, you know, specific behaviors that I'm trying to correct still. Um, yep. Healing is eternal, right? Yes, it is. And um, music was that. Escape music was, like, that safe place, you know? My first, I'd say my first, like, becoming aware moment was my uncle had this um, cheap, like, nylon, Latin nylon guitar, Mm -hmm. nylon string guitar. And um, I immediately, when I would go over to my oma's house, I would go to my uncle's room and I would pick up that guitar, and I didn't know one thing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew that when you put your finger on a string on you know one of the areas of the fretboard, it made mm-hmm. a different sound than what it did before. So I would sit there and play it and play it, and then finally, my uncle gave it to me. And from there, I just fell in love with that instrument. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with the guitar. And it was my way of escaping from, um, escaping from life, escaping from the the bullies, escaping from the kind of like emotional abuse and stuff and, and the abuse that was happening. Right. Um, so that just, every time that I went into that place, I, fell more deeply in love with it and then I started seeking other inspiration like what are other people doing with their music. And one of my biggest biggest artist influences is John Mayer. Oh really? Um, oh, I love John Mayer, And I love <laughs> John Mayer and music John Mayer, John Legend and Music Soul Child are my top like three excuse me. Uh, top three um people that I just fell deeply in love with and were deeply influenced by. So I learned, I learned, you know, their songs. I went further and learned more instruments and uh, I played in a big church. Um, I went from playing in a youth group to playing in a bigger church setting. I mean, it was a huge, huge, like mega church that we went to. So I played played lead guitar, rhythm, um backup, backup drums, backup piano, and then probably when I was around probably yeah, when I was around like seventeen, eighteen years old, I started getting with the sound guy, and mm-hmm. I started getting really interested in sound. Then I moved and learned uh, learned the soundboards, learned the programs, learned all that kind of stuff and then, um when I turned 18, I ended up joining the military <clears throat> and I was still involved with music. I still loved music. I still wanted music to be like my life. I just didn't know how that was going to work. So I was being pushed in a lot of different directions, like from from parents and friends, you know, get a steady job, make money, uh, go to college, all this other stuff. So I ended up going to U of L after I. University of Louisville, um, after I graduated from basic training, because uh, I I joined the National Guard, so National Guard is like part-time Army, mm-hmm. so I only had to do one week in a month, two weeks out of the year, and then if I ever got deployed or anything like that, then I would have to go for that and be active duty, you know, throughout that time. Uh, so I went to UofL, I didn't like UofL, didn't like college, it was not working out, so I came back home, I worked out Fort Knox, and I got in with you know not necessarily a bad crowd but just a crowd that just wanted to drink and party all the time right right, right. and um so i found myself kind of like falling into that and i had a good friend who said hey come down to wku which is in bowling green about two hours from louisville western kentucky university said come down there i've got a i've got a house for you We can be roommates and you know, this and this and this is gonna happen. So I went down there, he introduced me to his friends and you know, everything was everything was awesome down at WKU. A lot, of, a lot of life lessons, a lot of learning stuff and a lot of really people on the same wavelength. A lot of people who like to make, create music. I think that's what kind of formed a lot of my, a lot of where I'm at today, because throughout that time I was learning how to do, like use every program I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, from reason to logic to pro tools to FL Studio to machine, like everything that I could. Then I deployed and I came back, tried to go back to college, it didn't work out. Ended up becoming a manager at Best Buy. <laughs> then I then I became a car salesman. The car salesman thing was just like if I felt really like dirty.
0: I felt yeah, like I was just like
1: really just screwing people over all, all the time. Like it was it was bad. But during the time I was selling cars, I had a roommate. We had a house where we turned the the living room into a studio, and he started telling people like, "Oh yeah, Justin will record you. He's got a he's got a studio," and I'm like, "Ah, oh, dude, you know, I don't." Don't do that! I'm, <laughs> don't do that! I'm not <laughs> yeah. ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I kind of know what I'm doing, but I don't. So I I started charging people like twenty dollars a song, and then eventually came out to like thirty an hour, and. Then there was I was kind of faced with like a after after kind of a major relationship breakup I was kind of faced with a decision like what am I going to do with the rest of my life because I'm looking at all of these things all together right now I'm becoming aware of of like my relationships you know what I've what I've done personally to to be responsible for the things that have happened in my life to like to lead up to now you know I need to gain some control I need to do what I love. And I need to ignite this, you know, passion that I have for music. So I was 28 years old at the time, and I opened my first studio in Bowling Green. And then from there, uh, I mean, it just took off. We opened a second location um, a few years down the road, 2019. yeah, three years down the road. That was the location you came to. And we had, you know, we were like in a plaza and a commercial space. Right. So really the big the big like moment that kind of ignited everything to open the studio and go full head on with you know my passion was uh, I was being pulled in multiple different directions. I was being pulled in a direction of married white picket fence house mm-hmm. uh, insurance salesman car salesman mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like <laughs> go, to col- go to college Stick to the stick to the plans, you know. Stick to the formula, mm-hmm. uh, the agenda, whatever you want to call it. The script, and yeah. <laughs> the script, yeah, exactly. And I always joke with people, and I and I say, man, I was about to be a Jerry. Like, <laughs> Do you know Jerry from Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah I just, immediately I was like, I was like, no, <laughs> dude, not a
0: Jerry, bro.
1: That's like, that's, like, right yeah. up there, like, if you should call people NPCs, man, like, you're being an NPC right now, man. Right, dude. Yeah, I was, like, man, I was on my way to, be, to becoming Jerry, bro. God bless and... your heart for not doing that. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jerry plays his role. He plays his role very well. But, you know, in those end couple seasons, he's he's definitely taken on some control, and he's, like, gained some of his uh, dignity back for sure. Right. Yeah, man. Uh, but... You know, early stages of Jerry, that's, that's where I was going to be at, just. Deeply insecure and always wondering if I was going to be loved because I was going against the grain and like. You know, all these other things, so. Uh, my eyes opened up and it was kind of like, I just didn't like. Stop feeling bad for yourself. Mm-hmm. You haven't so- done, you haven't done anything to even try. To get to a point of where you want to be at. So there's no reason to feel bad for yourself. I could understand if you felt if you tried and you failed, you could feel bad for yourself, but you haven't even tried. So try try this. Damn bro that's what I did. I just took a leap, I took a big jump, jumped out of the the job matrix, unplugged from the matrix. It's been it's been a wild, you know, emotional roller coaster since then, but it's been beautiful. Dude, that
0: was that was beautiful. Thank you. I like I appreciate you being so vulnerable and sharing your story so uh so deeply. I, I felt and heard and bear bore bear, bore, bore, bear witness to um that. <laughs> and like it it felt I just so many times I'm like, oh dude, like shit he's saying shit that I'm fucking going through right now or that I will be going through or that I have gone through. I was like, geez, yeah. it's so Similar, so similar yet so different. To the fucking uh, this quote. Um, I don't even know where my friend got it from, but it's like the one thing that makes us all the same is that we're completely unique. And then like, yeah. we can just comp- Like, I think that's what makes people so interesting to me, and why I love to listen to other people's stories. Is that like there is that little bit of like, oh, this is like similar to me, but then it's just it's just something that's deep inside of me. Is like I can be quiet. I can be in silence and in inner silence and an in inner settling of the the calming of the surface of your mind to yeah. and allow the other person to pour their wisdom and their experiences in, into it and then see like what comes out of it or what I can gain but also like what I could then also share be like oh you poured this like let me pour that into your, into your into your pond and see where the fuck kind of culture comes out of it or like what right. new thing it yeah. like, get, like yeah. super crazy and beautiful with it, it is, yeah. but thank you
1: yeah
0: thank so, you I hmm. just I'm just doing what I what I was put on the planet to do my guy. Yeah. At least that's what I like to say now. Um, yeah. So I got, I think we got time for at least one more short question, if it's okay. even possible. If you think you could, do you, or think you can answer the question, either I'll give you give you two, and then I'll, the one I want to go out on is pretty profound, so I try to give it to the last five minutes. But
1: okay,
0: so we could either we could either do what is the telos, uh, which is a Greek uh, Socratic idea, I believe. Of like, what do you feel like the function or purpose of your art is? Um, which I don't know if we kind of already spoke on about earlier or not. Or you could, could do the, where do you see yourself as an artist evolving? Or where do you hope to evolve to in the next one to five or to ten years? Depending on how far you've even projected your own capability or idea of yourself in, into projected onto the, the screen of the future.
1: Yeah, I think both of those um, can be answered kind of in the same way, to be honest. Sure. With my art, I want to establish the best relationship with myself that I can. And I'm going to grow and I'm, I'm going to change. And it's almost like being in a relationship with another person, you know, as unique as they are, watching them grow and watching them change as you, you know, as you live your life with them. So it's kind of the same thing. With myself, you know, I don't know what I'll be interested in in the next, in the coming years or my hopes in evolution of my art and myself is that I just become closer and closer to myself, understanding more and more of myself to a point of being able to express myself in any shape or form that I want. I don't really have an expectation of what that looks like or how that should look. I'm very at a place where I want to be present and, you know, then I can look back and say, wow, this is where, this is where it took me. The evolution of my art is getting to the, the highest point of awareness that I can and deepening this relationship that I have with myself. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, cool. cool, Absolutely. I, I
1: concur I agree.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like for that for you. That sounds beautiful, and I love that for you. Thank, thank you. So the final question that I want to ask is a little—I uh, wouldn't say crazy per se, but it's God. For yeah, to try to try to go out on a high note, or like a, just somebody, for the, people that like get the formula and like watch every episode. They're like, oh yeah, here comes the last one. Let's see what this person <laughs> says, kind of thing. Yeah. Keep it, keep it, keep, keep like a regular. Routine in in yeah. place, it's fun, function or structure. So, like God willing, knock on the table. Like if if we were to both bite the dust at the as soon as I stopped hitting the record button and it was it was all over, we had to fade to black. The, sc- <laughs> the curtains of the stage are closing <laughs> on our lives here. What nugget of wisdom do you want to give to the listener? If like you could say it to through a megaphone or into like a little microphone that like put it in everybody's brain all over the entire world simultaneously, what would that be for you right now
1: so my my nugget is the true measure of a man is how he treats someone who can do him absolutely no good. uh That's a quote from Samuel uh, Johnson, and it's also a quote that you can look at yourself with, you know the true measure of myself is how i treat myself even mm. even when i don't treat myself very well
0: that's beautiful dude i didn't i didn't i love asking that question because i never know it's like a life's like a black shop you never know what you're gonna get like four yeah. <laughs> i never even i never even see that movie i feel like such a fraud like saying that uh, but everybody everybody knows the quote or the line but like yeah i'm just, i'm i'm so like anti-Hollywood now that I'm like, rah, like, rah, but I should, I should just fucking shut the fuck um, up and watch the movie. I like,
1: my whole thing is like, if I'm gonna watch a movie, I wanna watch it like with somebody yeah. else. It's hard to watch that movie now because Tom Hanks is on the list. <laughs> Thank you. Like, that's like, <laughs> like,
0: like God damn it. Like, Jeffrey,
1: like On the Jeffrey list.
0: Yeah, on the, on the, he's an island boy.
1: He's an island boy.
0: He's an island boy, bro. That's that's what I say now. Like, yeah, he's an island boy. But, um,
1: I, I'll, I'll like just... R. Kelly can't listen to r kelly somebody asked me to d de- i was dj the other day somebody asked me to play I'm like can you play some r kelly or something i was like nah nah dude i, can't. Not. I definitely can't anymore
0: dude, For sure, bro. I, um, I was trying to like speak on the the island boy r kelly phenomenon uh, to somebody at my job dude and i had to use this like bit i can send it to you um after this or share it to you share it with you after we're done recording but it was like the, this comedian, I can't even remember his name. Which is bad so I want to keep explaining the story because it like it's so perfect. <laughs> so I have to remember his name. I think it's like Giomarco something. Uh, he's like go- going over like w- like what kind of pedophile like R. Kelly actually is because he was he wasn't into like totally and He was in like that weird age range of like twelve to like seventeen or whatever the fuck it was for him. And he's like pedophile. Fee- file or e phoebophile and they're like there's the only but the only reason that like just, no one makes that distinction is because you just sound like a fucking pedophile i <laughs> it. <laughs> just like i will never like right. i'm trying to give me credit as credit is due because i'm not that guy and i would never steal his joke and perform it as if it was my own on stage Yeah, but like dude that shit is so fucking hilarious it's so perfect it is it. it's
1: like we try to classify
0: <laughs> right because like like, well, why it's man, all man. not great but, like i guess like it's slightly less bad if she was almost about to turn 18 guy but like you're still gonna get fucking just des- like destroyed in prison as soon as you get in there like no one's yeah. gonna sit there and listen to you and like how hold the space of like yeah i guess it wasn't that bad like no you're <laughs> sex offenders a sex offenders a sex offender, bro like you're done good yeah, man uh, what is it ever called uh is- isolation or whatever they got like protective custody or whatever
1: that is yeah but-
0: you see? That's what that's what I'll pretend is my yeah, nugget wisdom you. for for people is, is that stand up comedy bit today. Um, that's our time. That's our energy. We're at an hour here. I'm gonna have to edit out pauses and things as as I need to, but I'm just gonna stop the recording now. Justin, thank you so much. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Uh, for anybody listening, like, comment, subscribe, uh, and give me your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions, even though they're only worth two cents down in the uh, comment section on YouTube or wherever you're listening
1: and uh, I appreciate you so much. Thanks.